Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. Welcome, welcome to another week here at Read Me Romance. We are super excited, number one, because we've got Danny Wyatt with us this week. That I don't know. It's way too long for this to happen. It's been way too long for this to happen. Yes, I agree. I don't know how, like, it's just now working out, but I'm glad it is. She's brought us a brand new book we're super excited about. It's called Two Wrongs. Also, we're recording in the daylight, which is weird as fuck, honestly. Yes. I'm like looking over my shoulder and making sure my neighbors aren't out there. (laughs) They're not going to see me do this. Like, they can't see me at night, but whatever. So, yeah. So, since my kids are at camp, we were like, hell, let's just do it now. Let's let's get it up and get it going. So, we'll talk about Danny White in just a little bit. Um, We're going to catch up first. I have got, just off the top, I've got something I want to talk about. So it's summertime. There are summertime bodies and people are wearing what they want to wear. Mm -hmm. And I have already seen the comments begin. So this woman that is, you know, she's the mom of one of my daughter's friends. And she was also a teacher at the school uh, that they attended. And um, she made a comment about, um, she went to a water park. And she said, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Cover it up. Listen, listen, I have been to a water park. I have been to a redneck water park. I know what these people wear. I know how bad it can be. I know that sometimes it is hilarious to people watch because some people do not give a fuck. But they're... I'm envious of these people. Exactly. Can you imagine wearing like a G-string with your gut hanging out and not giving a fuck? I don't want to say cover up. I would would be like, teach me your ways. Why is one of your fucks you don't give? Because I want some. That is exactly what I wanted to comment. I want to be like, I wish that I could not give a fuck about what you're saying right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is just, this is a blanket reminder. You do not get to comment on people's bodies. Just because people do it doesn't make it right. There's a lot of fucking shit in the world that people do and it's not right. Talking about people's bodies is one of them, especially when you teach young children. Yeah. That's what makes me so fucking pissed is that on top of this, that she's making a statement on Facebook to However many hundreds of friends she has, she's an educator. And, and I, just, I bet you three-fourths of her friends cringe, not cringed at her comment, but thought about their own bodies and what other people might be thinking when 100%. they're in a hundred percent. I yep. bet every woman's had that glimpse mm-hmm. because the mind is always created, sadly, to seek the negative. So every woman that read that comment, their first thought in their mind would have been, what are people thinking about my body when I'm at the water park? Yep. That's exactly right. Because they're envisioning someone like her sitting back and looking at them. And let me tell you, this woman does not have the body that should be saying this. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't have the checkbook that can write that check. No, 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 no. <laughs> she doesn't get to talk about somebody's bodies because she thinks hers is superior because trust and believe, bitch, it ain't. So... I'm just so livid 
by this comment because it's like I've I've gone to a beach and not given a fuck. Like I've gone to a water park and thought, you know what? I'm gonna enjoy my day with my kids. Fuck what people think. Yeah. And there's somebody like her that's just kicking back and judging. And I and again, I get it. I've been to these water parks in these places where the behavior and the outfits are outlandish. That but says more about her. Yes. Than a, yes. Than, it, yeah. It anybody tells else. You everything you need to know about this person. Yeah. Everything you need to know. It's just, you know, this is, again, this is just a reminder this summer when you're at the beach, mind your fucking business. When you're in a water park, mind your fucking business. When you're outside and like here today, it is what temperature? 97 degrees currently with a heat index of 104 today. If you see me out there, mind your fucking business. Yeah. And mind your business, even about girls that have the body to flaunt it. And Absolutely. they are. Mind Absolutely. your business about them too. They can wear whatever the fuck they want as well. Do you know, we were dropping off the kids at Girl Scout camp and there was a mom and you could tell she had on short, short shorts and she had gotten a sweatshirt and tied it around her waist, but she was bending over to like put the bags like in the, mm-hmm. in the thing. And I looked over, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I mean, like it took me by surprise because I wasn't expecting to see, you know, bare ass in front of my face. But I was like, man, good for her. Like she put those on. I really had that thought. Good for her. She put them on, but she was probably like, look, I don't want to scare these little kids. So we're just going to cover this up for a few minutes while I drop them off. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, good for her. Oh God, I love it. Oh, God. It it makes a vein in my eye twitch when I think about this shit, because it's like, I know how long it took me to get over insecurities and stuff, you know, when I didn't feel my best or I didn't feel adequate enough mm-hmm. to you know enjoy myself in the moment because I'm too busy thinking about what I look like you know and I've gotten to the point where I don't care and I don't really care what other people think but I care that people make a comment about it that they go yeah. above and beyond the need to say something you know it's not a comment that's gonna that has a ripple effect exactly and, you know, like I said, it's it's one thing just to say it or to think it. Think whatever you fucking want. But you don't have to let it come out of your stupid fucking mouth. <laughs> just so mad about it. It's true. It doesn't have to come out of your mouth, especially if it's negative. Exactly. Keep it the fuck in. So... <laughs> That was the first thing I just really wanted to get out of the way because I saw it earlier today and I was like, I'm writing this down. <laughs> I'm making a note. We're going to discuss it. <laughs> um, yeah. The other thing was that, yeah, I dropped my kids off at Girl Scout camp earlier this week and the house has been very quiet. All the animals are depressed. <laughs> the dog's like laying around sad the whole fucking time she's been sad. Where's my best friend? <laughs> you know, That's she's, adorable. She's such a dummy, but like, you know, Lydia's her best friend. So she's just like <laughs> laying around. But I wrote Lydia, I can write them emails at camp. So that's kind of cool. Uh-huh. They print them out every morning and give them to them like in their bunk, that's, like they got mail. Yeah. I know it's really cute. So I wrote her a letter and told her that Blueberry was catching up on her sleep because Lydia was at camp because I didn't want her to feel bad, you know, that like her mm-hmm. dog is 
missing her. I didn't want her to know that. So I was like, Blueberry's been napping the whole time you've been gone. She's saving up her energy for when you get back. So you better be ready. <laughs> she's going to like, she's like a horse. She's just going to knock her down when she comes in. Uh, yeah, we're not, they are like, are very explicit that you cannot bring animals to camp to pick up the people because I think it's kind of that situation where the animals yeah. are just so jacked up, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. But it's been super quiet around the house. It's been really nice. But, you know, I had this list of stuff that I wanted to get done. And I feel like I have just been running my ass off trying to do stuff and I'm not getting everything done I wanted to. And I was like, you know, I haven't really stopped and enjoyed this time, you know, just like mm -hmm. taking a nap or like watched a movie during the day or just laid around. Like I haven't done that at all. Like I thought I would. And I was just like, man, what is it? Yeah, I know. Because what is it about moms that we have to feel like we have to take advantage of like every second that we have to do something when it's like, yeah. or you could just sort of be, <laughs> you know, you could be and tell yourself, you know what, I'm not doing anything for these hours. And that's, that's the end of that. So then I'm not going to feel miserable about it. Because then I've set it up. These yeah. are the hours I'm going to do this. These are my hours. I'm doing yeah. it. They're set aside. And that way, if you do that, then you don't fret about you didn't get done what you were supposed to get done because that was in the schedule. <laughs> the problem is putting it in the schedule. That's my problem. Like I have a list of things I have to do today. I've checked off like four of them and I still have like seven more to go. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Uh, so, you know, if this, if this sounds like something you're doing, take a, take a break. Even if I'm not able to do it, someone out there should do it for me. So that's your, <laughs> that's your call to take a break. So, um, what do you have, like, do you guys still get in your pool and stuff? Right now it's not open. So we need somebody, it's been so hard to get somebody to come out here. We need the liner changed out. Oh no. Oh, that's And these people are just like, it's pulling teeth. Really? And we are just not that motivated. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I haven't heard you mention like being in it or anything recently. Or you well, just I never like, get in no. it. I don't think I've been in that pool in like four or five years. I'm just not great in water. Like when I go to the beach, I'll go to like my neck, but just I have such ear problems. Yeah. That yeah. I just never go under. The water's not as fun mm -hmm. for me as yeah. it is for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I don't really notice. Do the kids enjoy it? Like getting in the pool and stuff? They'll do it. It seems like they'll do it for like the first week or two and then mm -hmm. it's done. But it's been crazy hot here. It's crazy been so hot. hot here. So hot. But that's what, like I had on this thing, I was like, do you have like a summer must do list? Because I think about like, you know, leading up to summer and breaks and stuff like that. It's like, okay, I definitely want to like make homemade ice cream, like in the churn. I want to do that. I want to, you know, have a pool day. I want to, you know, there's like a couple of things I want to accomplish. Most of it's food related because I like to have certain things in the summertime. So I didn't know, is there something that you feel like you have to do during the summer? No. No? <laughs> no? Like, I'm, like, I'm like, no, I, I got nothing. Well, it could be because your kids are a little bit older too. But I had a friend of mine that posted up. She had like this summer adventure list that she wanted to try to complete because she said she feels like, 
as soon as the kids get out of school, she was like, you know, it feels like it's really hectic, super busy. And then all of a sudden summer's over and the kids have to go back to school. And she's like, we didn't accomplish anything. So she made like this really cute list of all these different things she wanted to try to do with her kids. And one of them was like, make a, make a mocktail one day, like come up with like a, a fancy drink that they can have together or something, you know, that's non-alcoholic or whatever. But, um, she was like, spend the day experimenting with that. And then it was, you know, there's a couple other things that were, you know, some of them were indoor and outdoor depending on the heat. But I was just like, that's, I thought that was a really cute idea to like maximize your time with your kids and stuff. And at least if you have something like that set up, of things that you want to do, you're not constantly looking for something to occupy them, I guess. I don't know. I think mine might be too old, especially after this weekend, after experience being away. I was like, how was it with the, that's right, you went to a wedding. Yeah, I went to Arkansas, which I thought was going to be terrible, but there has been such a mood shift with Isabel. I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but it's like we're friends now, even though I'm my mom. (laughs) that's I think that's great though but it's been like we hung out and had a great time I don't think there was one argument that's awesome of course Peyton's now the teenager he's got his headphones in we're all in the car like talking about like Mm -hmm. crazy stuff like I mean it's dark but we were talking about we got on the subject of execution and if it should be and then Isabel's talking about the youngest person executed and you know, mm-hmm. all the reform system. I'm just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, I don't even want to, I'm going to admit it to you guys. I didn't know because they all looked at me like I was a dummy. <laughs> and I'm alone. So I'm just going to go ahead and admit it. What? Apparently, there is a cable in the ocean that connects from here to like the UK mm-hmm. that does our internet. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a second. So there's like a cable. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. They connect so like all the way, and they're like, "Yes." I'm like, "But somebody could just cut it." They're like, "No, no." It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and like I was so dumb. <laughs> no, it's you know, it's one of those things. That I don't think I ever knew it until somebody explained it to me, and I was like, yes. "Oh, well, I guess that makes sense." They started explaining it, and mm-hmm. they started explaining that Russia made one, and we hacked it, and they got in trouble. But there's actually no sanctioned rules now about hacking them. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, my mind's blown. Did somebody can just go down there and like fucking cut off the internet? <laughs> it's not like a string, though. <laughs> <laughs> this huge thing. It's mm-hmm. being monitored. Mm-hmm. There's other ones. There's multiple ones. Mm-hmm. I'm like. I'm just thinking of one like cable line and somebody's like <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, they showed me a video of a shark coming up on it and it like yeah. tried to take a chomp of it uh-huh. and it was like pulled back and went all along its way. Yeah. I was like, I guess it's secure, but we need to kill that <laughs> shark because he's a traitor. Terrorism. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, but it, it was just it's because it you're nice. used to shitty internet that's just a cable and you think somebody can come cut it at your house. You're like, this it's happens to me all the time. Yeah. It's going to happen to America now. That's what I was saying. I was like, somebody's just going to snap the internet. Then what are we going to do? Oh, my God. But you well, know what? We, no, go ahead. I had to rent a car because mine's in the shop right? Mm -hmm. Because some van went out. So I got to rent a car Mm -hmm. and I go down, I'm like, I want a compact Jeep or whatever. And I was like, 
this thing's probably going to be cheaper than gas anyways. Mm -hmm. I get there for my compact car and I see on the sheet that they have Teslas. Oh, nice. And I said, and I said, how much more is it for the Tesla? I thought they were going to tell me it was something crazy. Yeah. And she was like, it'd be seven more dollars a day. And I'm like, who fucking Give me the fucking I mean, Tesla. Literally, mathematically, we've gone backwards. Yeah. This is actually $400 cheaper. Yeah. No shit. So we got to do the Tesla. I was like, I want to try it. it. Was it the Tesla <laughs> SUV? Yes. Oh, nice. So okay. it didn't, you don't get to do the auto drive when you do the um, yeah. thing, but it still does the speeds up and monitors mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. Gas yeah. was like when we did stop to fill up was like ten dollars for the electric oh, wow. pump and it pump it builds it up in like 20, 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. But it's just it is a very aware car. Like mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna mm -hmm. miss the way it sips around. It's mm -hmm. quick. Yeah. It's smart. It knows what it's doing. <laughs> Does it know if you leave the plug in when you drive off? Oh, it wouldn't let you do that. Oh, see, that's why you need to get one. <laughs> it wouldn't let you do that. that it lets you know everything here. you're doing. It's like you forgot your phone in the house, bitch. It's like <laughs> it just That's knows awesome. everything. It's, yeah. it, it was very. I was just surprised by how aware the car was of everything. Because yeah. in my car, it would speed up, and there's some sensors, but this thing is literally mm -hmm. tracking mm -hmm. everything around it, like it's a smart cones, car. people's the size of people. I'm like. Oh my god this is crazy and it's smooth and fast and costs nothing on gas mm -hmm. like nothing but yep. i was like i get it i get why people are getting these mm -hmm. and it does this weird thing though like whenever you speed up you'll be on cruise control and it'll suddenly slow down for a second whenever you actually so if you take your foot off the accelerator it feels like you hit the brake when you didn't oh okay like, just because that stops no because, or like it doesn't move forward no it okay. is a car's reaction to whenever you do that mm -hmm. the there's some metal pieces inside the wheels that start to spin backwards and it's creating energy oh it's okay so, it's car. so oh nice so even when you're on cruise control every mm -hmm. now and then it'll like release it for a second because you'll mm -hmm. feel like oh my god i just hit the brakes but you didn't it's just mm -hmm refueling itself and then it takes back off it's interesting wow that is it's cool spinning because mm -hmm. i guess you'll tell it where your next you put in your next destination mm -hmm. so then it will gauge like how often maybe i need to spin these to get mm -hmm. there to save battery yeah and things like that so it wants you to plug in where you're going I think it's an awesome concept. Like I would love to have one of the e vehicles or whatever. I, I think that would be really cool. I've never driven a Tesla, but I did see that, you know, there's a couple of complaints and the one thing that I keep seeing, which I think is a valid one is like, this is, this was designed by people who like, I forget the phrasing they used or what the term for them, but it's basically like, the people who built this car are scientists. They're not car specialists, mm -hmm. you know, like they're not people who normally build vehicles. Yeah. So it's not necessarily perfection in how it's built. It is perfection in how it runs, you yes. know? So I think that's like the biggest complaint or whatever, which, you know, again, I think that's valid to say, 
But, you know, I feel like the benefits of it severely outweigh the negatives. Well, I heard somebody say, and I didn't realize it until they said it, Tesla's not just a car company. I was yeah. Like, yeah. It's exactly. a data company. Mm-hmm. They're collecting all kinds of data on yep. everything you're doing. Because your, your car isn't doing that, a normal car. Where the mm-hmm. Tesla, they know where you're going, how long you're staying places, what you're doing, how you're operating, how you're functioning as a human being. Mm-hmm. And they're taking off, kind of like Facebook. Facebook yeah. isn't just social media. Mm-hmm. They're collecting data on what you're clicking and what is engaging you. And I was like, damn. That's what that Musk money does, baby. That's what that <laughs> Musk money does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It takes it all. But, you know, I a couple of years ago, I, or uh, last year, I bought a new car. And it was the first time I'd bought a new car ever in my life. And the car before that I had for like 12 years. So, it was a big deal when I got it. And I'm glad that I got it when I did because it was, it's an, uh, it's a hybrid, you know, half electric, mm-hmm. half gas. And now it's impossible to find those. You know, I had yeah. to take it. I get like free oil changes on it because I got it at the dealership new. And so I took it to the dealership to get the oil change the other day and I pull up and there are zero cars in the parking lot. And I'm like, are they open? And I realized, oh no, it's not that people aren't here. The lot is empty. The cars for sale are gone. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, the what market the fuck is crazy is this? right now. Yes. So, and they were like, "Are you thinking about selling?" I was like, "Not at all. <laughs> Thank you very much." But uh, yeah, it's just insane. Like there were none there. But I noticed, you know, gas is crazy. So even with my car, I get like almost forty miles to the gallon. It was Damn. still. Like, and I can go 500 miles on a tank of gas, whatever that converts to. Um, it was like 70 bucks to fill my car up the other day, but it will go forever. So I don't really mind paying that much to fill up my car when I know it's going to last me a couple weeks, especially yeah. if I go back and forth to Charlotte. But like, I can't imagine not having a fuel efficient car right now. Like with the way gas prices are, it's insane. But insane. So does it make you want to buy a Tesla after this, after this trip? A little bit. I, me and Rob had talked about him selling, cause my car, I'm paying it off in like August or something like that. No like shit. Soon, really? My car is like done. So we will have no car payments. We oh, that's just nice. outright bought his, his and Jeeps have the best resale, but Rob has this 2007 Jeep that is tricked out you mm-hmm. know how many miles he has on that motherfucker mm-hmm. Twenty thousand. why because he doesn't drive that much he doesn't go very many places i run errands it's because yeah. i like to get out of the house mm-hmm. so i bet he could resell that thing for crazy because even the market for any kind of used mm-hmm. car is crazy and when we went to go rebuy to buy isabella car my dad was like i wish we could wait longer he said yeah. the market is crazy on all used cars right now for sure yeah. and we looked up the blue book on the jeep and i was like we could sell your car and just pay a little bit more and get a tesla because the tesla is like they are aren't all aren't like some eighty ninety thousand dollar car mm-hmm. they can start as low as like 40 yeah yeah and go up mm-hmm. so there's a wide range that you could get so it's we've thought about it but who knows if we'll actually like take the steps to do that i was gonna say if he doesn't drive that much i mean why invest in something like that but would you drive it 
I would probably end up driving it a lot Yeah, more. yeah, I would say so. Because your car now, like, it doesn't get great gas mileage. So mm-hmm. this would be something, especially if you're, like, riding around town and stuff, you can, like, yeah. get something a little more economical. But I'd love to drive one. I think it would be fun just to test it out. I don't know if I'd have one, but I don't know. I heard that they were making an electric a truck, and that was what Kevin said that he wanted next. He was like, I think I, he was like, I think I want to get one of those. The Tesla has an electric truck. And Does it's it? ugly, but I, I know what you're talking it. about because my dad mentioned it the other day when we were at mm-hmm. breakfast. He's talking about if you throw back to our youth, remember the Ford Lightning that some of the boys would drive? It was the fastest truck on the market. It was like remember. an it looked like an F one fifty. It was called a Ford Lightning. Mm-hmm. Like, and boys wanted them so much. That's what he's talking. They're bringing it back, but it's going to be electric, and it's supposed to be one of the fastest vehicles on the road. Oh, that's crazy. I don't know if I want So they're bringing the Ford Lightning back, and it's supposed to be electric. My and husband does not need that with his lead foot. I think that's foot. what Kevin's talking about. <laughs> well, he doesn't need one if it goes fast. Let me just say that. Okay. He's oh, the, the one with the most Lightning tickets. Was- crazy fast but even mm-hmm. back in the day but it's interesting that they're bringing it back electric i'm i'm yeah. interested to see it i want to yeah. see what it like how's this like. gonna work out <laughs> yeah i'm very interested when my dad said that i was like i want to see this truck mm-hmm. so i'm curious yep. i'm gonna look that up actually when we're done i forgot <laughs> he mentioned that well let's talk I about guess, danny oh i'm sorry go ahead yes no, no, I was just ahead. saying, I just remember all the boys wanting one when I was, like, younger. I'm going to look it up. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to have to look at a picture. So we'll look at it in a minute. Let's let's talk about why we're here. Right. <laughs> um, we're here with Two Wrongs by Danny Wyatt. Um, I'll read you her author bio. Danny Wyatt used to feel bad about having such dirty thoughts. Luckily, one day, she decided to start writing them down. Her uber alpha heroes have a wicked possessive streak and an insatiable libido. Her heroines are intelligent, quirky, and worry about having too much up and top. With her books, you cannot you can count on a heaping helping of hot and always happily ever after. When she's not writing, which is not often, she is probably laughing about some irony like A1 steak sauce is vegan, riding her horse, or looking cross-eyed at some piece of technology sent to ruin her day. A friend her on Facebook and receive free and exclusive unpublished title when you join Danny's private reader group for updates, free chapters, and discounts. Um, you can find her at Danny, D-A-N-I-Y-A-T-T dot com. Um, this book that you're about to hear, Two Wrongs, it is the first book in the Meant to Be series. It's available on Kindle Unlimited now. Um, or it's on Amazon right now. I didn't check. It's, I'm assuming it's on KU. Um, there okay. are current. Yeah. Okay. There's currently three books in the series. One Chance is book two, and that's going to be live this Friday. Um, or sorry, this Thursday, the 30th. Um, the third book in the series is coming July 6th. So you'll get all three of these within like two weeks. So you can listen to this one, get the ebook, and then the second book is live on Thursday. Um, she is giving away an Amazon gift card this week. And, oh, she also wanted me to mention, she recently had a book banned on Amazon. Which and so I now don't she's, understand because I, I read this book and there is nothing bannable. In, like, I read this book and I'm like, I, I have no idea why this book was banned. I looked through None. it and I can't see. It's not I even like read it yet. fake for submission, incest, mm-hmm. nothing like that. I'm like, I don't get it. 
But, yeah, go ahead. It says, no, it's okay. It says she's giving it away for free along with other books and bonus stuff to newsletter subscribers. So, again, if you subscribe to our newsletter, you can get this book for free. It's called Earning Her Keep. It says, I'm standing in the rain carrying everything I own in a black trash bag. I have no idea where to go. In my pockets is a wet wad of money, enough for a cup of coffee and a bus ride, as long as I don't want to go too far. Then fate lends a hand. If I pretend to be a girl named Emily, I can get exactly what I need right now. A job, a place to live, and no interference from the outside world. What could be more perfect? My new boss. That's what. Dane Philippe. I'm not supposed to look, even look at him. Not supposed to speak to him. But before I know it, I'm naked in his Roman bathtub and I'm being used for it. I mean, I'm, and then I'm using his pillow for, well, you get the picture. Little do I know that he's been stalking me since the day I arrived, watching, waiting, obsessing. When he takes what he wants without asking, I learn what earning my keep really means. But the past is hard to escape. When mine comes looking for me, will my deception put an end to what's just getting started? Or will Dane give me a chance at a life I've never had before? Author's notes. Grab your ice pack and clutch your pearls. These two get knee deep in the hoopla straight out the gate. Can this OCD Uber hero relax enough to make room for the lovely chaos in his new employee? He's sure going to try, but she's not going down easy. She makes him earn it. Safe, no cheating ever with happily ever after. They both earn. So I know why it was taken off of Amazon. It was at this description. Yeah, As I'm reading, it was the yeah. description. It was the part where he said uh-huh. t- where he took where he what he wanted. Yep, I'm not the, to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the line that got it because I after reading mm-hmm. the book, I read the book. She had a, she's kind of like a heroine that likes to be degraded a little bit, you know, like some mm-hmm. girls like yeah. to call whore or say I'm using objectified. You, you're my, I think that's you're my amazing. That's toy. one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah, they they get off on being objectified, and mm-hmm. that's kind of this woman's kink. Yeah, it says and when I he takes what he wants without line. asking. Yeah, that I learned what earning my keep really means. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Mm-hmm. When it's or, not forced. Or when she talks about humping the it. pillow, but whatever. Humping his pillow. It sounds wonderful to me. All right, so yeah, you can get that one for free by subscribing to Danny White's newsletter. You can sign up for the giveaway this week, too, and that'll enter you into her uh, newsletter as well. The book you're about to listen to is called Two Wrongs, and I'll read the book bio for that one, too. I don't even know her name, but I already know she'll be taking mine. Oh, I love that. The sooner, the better. Ending marriages has been my life's focus. I'm an expensive, pay-by-the-minute legal predator for my clients wishing to end their former happily ever afters. The work suits me, and until I saw the little brunette pinup princess Sitting at the bar, I never thought I'd find mine. I put the period at the end of the world's worst blonde date and watch her eat a a panna cotta like it's changing her life. What she doesn't know is she's changing mine. Unfortunately, this brazen beauty disappears before I can secure her into my life or even find out her name. Enter fate. When I walk into my mandatory anger management training the next day, guess who's holding my career in her hands? Soon I'll be the one with my hands in her on her, and this time I'll make sure she doesn't get away. This is over the top. Alpha goes to some extreme lengths to make sure his little retro future bride doesn't give him the slip a second time. His methods may be less than legal, but he's full on focused on the end game. 
getting her in his bed tied to him in every way possible before she can even think of slipping away. Safe, no cheating ever, and a happily ever after at the speed of light. Love it. <laughs> that will One. definitely not be banned here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are welcoming this with open arms. Come home, darling. <laughs> All right, let's send them into the first installment, and we'll see you guys on the other side. One. Tor. Two things in this world excite me. Winning and not losing. The heat and cursing of my sister's restaurant kitchen swirls around me as I lean against the wall and watch her orchestrate. She's found her calling, and I'm happy for her. So have I, as far as my career goes. I'm one of the highest-paid divorce attorneys in the country. I'm a single-minded predator who takes no prisoners. The job itself sucks, but the winning does not. Writing the wrongs of the past drives me forward. I don't care who gets destroyed in the process. 99% of my clients are women, because I like women, and I like fucking over the men who made their lives hell. That's not to say some of my female clients aren't equal contributing factors in the demise of their marriages. I've just spun my business model in their direction, so they tend to be the ones that seek me out. I'm a pain in the ass to work with. My insane drive to come out on top for my clients has made me a shitty colleague. But, as managing partner of the firm, I'm supposed to be setting an example. HR hates my guts, and now, after the fifth anonymous complaint called into our bullshit speak-up program, some cream-centered staff member is fucking with my time. I'm stuck wasting half of my day tomorrow sitting in on an intensive anger management training session. I agreed in order to appease the HR gods at their altar of three-ring binders. I agreed to avoid a potential lawsuit and trouble with the Bar Association should things get worse. But it's gonna be such bullshit. Tomorrow, my anger will be managed. Or elevated. I'm betting on the latter. I'm in a genuinely shitty mood as I glance again at the clock on the wall of the restaurant. The last thing I want to do right now is go on a blind date, but here I am. At least I know the food will be good. How many grandsons have given up a perfectly good evening alone to go on a blind date just because their grandmother is a master at getting what she wants? If she thinks there's any chance I'll find a wife in the deal, she's all wrong. I don't have the time or the inclination, and I love my grandma, but there's a fucking limit. She thinks at 36 years old, I should have this marriage and family deal worked out, but it's never been my focus, and I doubt it ever will. My mother backs her up, which doesn't help. Tor! It's my younger brother by two years, Cyrus, practically my twin, except he got my dad's dark, soulless eyes while I lucked out with my mother's. He wins the height contest with just an inch at six foot six, but I've got him on weight by about 20 pounds, and I'm marginally, fractionally prettier, which isn't saying much, because 
were both sporting ill-heeled broken noses from our teen years and Cro-Magnon foreheads, very anti-GQ slickness. I shoot him a glare as I set down my Turkish coffee. He throws up his hands coming through the kitchen with an exasperated smirk. Do me a favor, go start a grease fire, then I could get out of this motherfucking date. He chuckles, but there's a merciless twinkle in his eyes. He has loved to bust my balls since the first day he could talk. Graham would never forgive you. Besides, better you than me, bro. You're the oldest, so you're up first. I reach into my jacket pocket and pull out my phone. I pull up my notes app and refresh my memory on the bullet points from my grandmother about tonight. Carolyn Duvall, daughter of Richard Duvall, CEO of the Northfield Group and Grand's Bridge Partners' granddaughter, 27 years old, divorced twice, currently unemployed, last job three years ago as a receptionist in a plastic surgeon's office, dark hair, will be wearing a red dress, will meet you in the bar, a bit high-strung, but just needs to meet the right man who knows how to handle her. Great, an unemployed, high-strung, double divorcee. Just my type. Not. Two. Natalie. The warm June afternoon sunlight comes through the cracked windshield of my parked 1978 VW Bug. I'm FaceTiming with my younger sister in our usual pre-probably-crappy-date ritual. How many Thursdays in a row is this? Asks Sasha. Her face looks back at me from the FaceTime window. She's got a filter on, so she's got little fox ears. Ten, I think. What's the date again? I do my best to sound like I don't know exactly what day it is. I take a peek in the rear view, poking at my hair and lamenting I can't seem to get my signature red lipstick to be Gwen Stefani perfect. Oh well, I pop my lips together twice, a habit I keep trying to break and turn my attention back to my phone. It's June 9th. My wedding is in two days, you little monster. How do you not remember dates? She lets out a hoarse exhale of exasperation. Anyway, so that's... Sasha scribbles something on a piece of paper out of sight, then shakes her head on a smile. Ten Match.com dates. Ten evenings of total masochism. She glares at me. If that's what you're after, girl, bet you'd look fab in leather. Ha ha ha, I say. Anyway, dad will arrive tonight. Then all that will be missing is you. Oh, dad. He's my rock. After my mom cheated on him with the next door neighbor, he was willing to stay and work things through to keep the family together. My mother's response was to empty the bank accounts, hire the best divorce attorney she could, and proceed to not only drag him through the mud, but leave him virtually destitute with the barest of visitation, then moved us three states away. He followed. No way was she keeping his daughters from him. Lovely lady, honestly. Also, not invited to Sasha's wedding. I better get going. Boredom and free food awaits. Okay, she chirps. She blows me a kiss on the screen. Message me if you need an SOS call. I will. Love you, sis.
I end our call, scoop up all the random shit that fell out onto the floor of the passenger side back into my bag, and then get out of my bug. I look up at the sign on the front of the restaurant, Amalfi's. The front is all windows, and the glow of candles and low lighting fills the floor to ceiling glass. I've wanted to come here for months. It's an Italian-Greek fusion, apparently the owner's chef's heritage. A woman, no less. I'm a foodie down into my soul, but my wallet prevents me from indulging as often as I'd like. As I pass through the front door into the beautiful dining area, I daydream of a food blog someday. YouTube, Insta, maybe even my own show. What can I get you? Asks the bartender as I sit down. A Tom Collins, I say, sitting up straight as I admire the deep carving on the antique bar. The place is busy for a Thursday night, which is a good sign as far as food quality goes. Been a while since I had anyone order one of those. Very retro. I smile and shrug, plopping my purse on the bar stool next to me. I'm a retro sort of gal, I guess. You got it. He answers on a wink, sliding the glass over the smooth wooden surface on a white paper napkin. Want me to open up a tab? He meets my eyes with the question. But before I can answer, a flash of light from my right pulls my gaze and Jiminy Cricket. All the light in the room seems like it's on him. His eyes flash and connect with mine, blue like the Caribbean, drawing my focus to a face that's chiseled from stone. And I feel these little hopping bunnies start to scamper all around my belly before joining together to drum like thumper down lower. When he first blew into the room, he looked angry. But as soon as I locked eyes with him, he did this little stall step and smiled a little. I looked down to see how his suit pants have that perfect break over the front of his calves, cuffs resting on impossibly shiny black shoes. God, why are perfectly tailored pants so damn sexy? I clap my hands over my mouth. He is the black hole. I am the speck of dust. His pull is impossible to fight. He's gorgeous, yes, in that sort of caveman, asymmetrical, who am I here to kill sort of way. Want me to open up a tab? I hear again and bounce back to reality. Um, n no. I fumble inside my purse, feeling for the quilted pink Vera Bradley wallet my sister gave me for Christmas, but come up empty. I start tossing things on the bar, the sense that the Adonis is moving closer making me hyperventilate. But the bartender is giving me his best hurry-up smile. Just a second. I pull out an old lanyard with a security badge from an on-site client a month ago, then a keychain full of at least 10 keys. I have no idea what most of them are for. Then my makeup bag, which is half-opened, and the contents clatter onto the bar top. Mascara spinning and my compact busting open. Shit. I look into the abyss of my bag, but there is no pink to be seen anywhere. I'm sorry, my wallet, it must be in my car, on me. A dark voice from over my shoulder turns me into a steaming pile of goo as the magic man stands directly to my left. I'm immediately sucked into the vortex that is his masculine aura and a spicy dangerous scent that nibbles directly on my clitoris. The bartender gives the man a knowing nod and turns toward another patron waving him down. It's okay, it's in the car, I'm sure. I lie, 
like I'm not notorious for losing my wallet. Three times last year. Once already this year, pushing up on twice, it seems. The lady at the emergency bank number knows my account by heart. Are you Caroline? His voice seems to echo around me as I take in the way his nose is a bit off center, but in the sexiest way. And I have this sudden vision of my clothes spontaneously bursting from my body. I shake my head. No, I'm... I see a flash of disappointment in his eyes as I open my mouth to offer my name when a screeching voice cuts me off. I'm Caroline. In unison, we turn and groan at the same time. She's pretty much the anti-me, right down to the lip plumpers. Are you Tor? I'm Caroline, she repeats, smacking her chest so excitedly, I think she's going to explode into a vapor of glittery red confetti to match her full-length, sparkly sequined dress. Is this the Oscars? I whisper before I can stop myself, and I look up to see the guy's eyes close for a beat. He mumbles something about his grandmother, then he counts to ten before opening his eyes again. I'm sorry, he says, and he sounds actually sorry, defeated almost. Still, I'm happy to pay for your drink. His fingers brush across mine, sending electric sparks up my arm as the woman tosses back the last of a glass of white wine, her hair in a tight black bun as she struggles to walk in the mermaid tightness of her dress. I'm sorry, too. I whisper as he sidesteps around me, shooting me one more killer look as I see the front door of the restaurant open and know immediately the evening just went from bad to worse. There is Arthur. He stands looking around inside the door, his hair a wisp of what once was slicing across the shining skin of his bald head. His profile pic was a decade-old easy, Khakis with a grease stain on the right thigh are paired with a short sleeve, open collar, light blue button down with the NASCAR emblem embroidered on the front pocket. Suddenly, a free dinner seems less like the pot of gold and more like a steaming cauldron of you get what you deserve. Three. Tor. My patience is at its limit. Caroline is a non-stop deluge of complaints. It's the kind of ice cubes in her water to the uneven sear marks on her ahi tuna. The girl from the bar with the sexy retro vibe and a body built for fucking is sitting two tables away. She's fucking beautiful, and all I want to do is end this nightmare and take her back to my place to cook her pancakes. That's not all I want to do, but there's something about her that makes me want to do something simple for her. Sweet, syrup and chocolate chips, whipped cream and strawberries, and not all on the pancakes. Can I clear your plate? Asks the waitress. The woman deserves a fucking medal. She's showed absolutely incredible restraint in dealing with Caroline's demands. I give her a nod, thanking her silently for at least trying to stay polite. Does it look like I'm done eating? Caroline rolls her eyes and her fake lashes do this weird tug on her upper lids. Creepy as fuck. Is that a yes? The waitress retorts, 
and I snort, rubbing my hands on the napkin in my lap, feeling the half-hard thickness of my Johnson that is focused on the morsel two tables over. Caroline flutters a hand in front of her face in a gesture of dismissiveness, then purses her lips. I know it's, like, impossible to find good help these days, but, like, where did they find this one, IHOP? Give me a break. She's the full package. A pain in the ass who insults IHOP. I won't be making her any pancakes, that's for sure. I wave the waitress off before I lose my cool. I mean, she goes on, like, am I right or am I right? Like, shut the fuck up, I snarl, slamming my palm into the table, making her jump. She's been nothing but fucking polite with you, and you, you're fucking insufferable. I've dealt with assholes before. I'm a professional asshole wrangler, but right now, she's keeping me from doing what I want to do, which is dragging the brown-haired pin-up princess from her table and having my way with her and her pancakes. Caroline looks like I just slapped her. Excuse me? I click my tongue against my teeth and throw down my napkin. You're excused. Caroline's gone, and I'm at the doorway to the bar now, eavesdropping hardcore and watching Sweet Cheeks eat a panna cotta so slowly that there's a real possibility I'm gonna panna fucking cotta in my pants myself. She's with an ill-dressed monotone guy. He's done 98% of the talking. I know two things. It's a first date, and he's a total dud. It's gonna be the last date as well, whether she knows it yet or not, because the idea of her on a date with anyone other than me has me ready to yank this guy's testicles from his body and shove him up his ass. If he so much as touches her, I'm gonna lose my shit, full-on alpha male, five o'clock breaking news style. I mean, this is a nice dinner I'm buying you. He leans back in his chair, pressing his hands on top of his thighs. The least you could have done is put in some effort. The pretty brunette's jaw drops. God, even her fucking lipstick makes me hard. Effort? She screws up one side of her face and scratches her temple. You want to talk to me about effort? You picked the place, expensive place. I assumed you would. He makes a disgusted gesture with his hand toward where she sits. Be appreciative. At least try to look like you're going to give me something that makes it worth the price of your meal. Your dress looks like it's from a thrift store. Her eyes flash. It doesn't fucking matter where the dress is from. It looks spectacular on her. You're a total piece of shit. You know that? She throws back. If this food wasn't so good, you'd be wearing this panna cotta all over your hillbilly button-down. NASCAR? NASCAR? Really? I think this evening is over, he says. You entitled little... Like I'm a man possessed, I'm stomping his way. The restaurant has fallen silent, but I don't give a fuck. Let them tick-tock what comes next. Just fucking let them. I lean down close to his ear. You're fucking right this evening is over and you have three seconds to apologize to the lady, then get the fuck out of here. He releases a disbelieving laugh. 
Who the... That's all he gets out before I lift him by the back of his collar, satisfaction spreading through me at the strangled squeak of panic I hear as I shove him toward the door, listening to the sweet cherry pie giggle coming from my future wife. Sorry. He gives me a pathetic attempt at a stare down, so I step toward him and he shrinks back, repeating his apology with a bit more sincerity. Sorry. I grab him again, smashing his face against the Zagat sticker and Amex logo on the glass door. Get the fuck out. And with one final shove, he's scampering across the parking lot, looking like he's about to shit his pants. All eyes are on me as I run my tongue over my teeth and refocus on what's important. Her. The whispers and hisses from the other patrons disappear into the sound of blood rushing in my ears. Her head is in her hands. Her fingertips are on her forehead, her thumbs pressing into the creamy pink flesh just under her cheekbones. Her nails are painted the same cherry red as her lipstick. An invisible force tugs me forward, and I wonder why the fuck she would need a dating site. Doesn't matter. She won't be on there ever again. The jealousy and possessiveness boiling inside me are not just out of character. They're borderline psychotic, but fuck it. I don't even know her name, but I already know she'll be taking mine. And the sooner the better. I'm a logical guy, not emotional, but with this girl? Pure emotion. Nothing but want and need. And a hard-on that won't quit. You okay? I set my jaw and fight the urge to throw her over my shoulder and march us out of here to get my first taste of her in the back of my Mercedes. I mean, she raises her head, narrowing her eyes. I signed up for a date with an insurance salesman, not a retired MMA fighter with a white knight complex. But yeah, you know, doing fine. She gives me a sexy little glare and an A-OK sign. Her cute-as-fuck temper only makes me harder. The tent in my pants must be visible now from space, but I don't give a shit. Let people look. But more importantly, let her look. She should know what's coming for her very soon. Hun intended. The room calms as I settle in across from her, licking my lips as I take in her soft peaches and floral scent. I know how to fix this. I offer as she raises her wide, sparkling hazel eyes to meet mine her long lashes fluttering a few times as she takes a breath, her cheeks ripe and glowing pink. Not sure there's a fix for this, she smirks, her tongue slipping over her lush red bottom lip. Christ, my dick weeps in pain. You're going to let me try. That doesn't sound like a question. I lean my forearms on the table. It's not. Then I smile, reaching across the table and slipping her fingers into mine. I have to touch her. I can't wait one second more. Four. Tor. I stand corrected. Things feel very fixed, she says as she takes the last bite of the panna cotta and sips the satin angel drink I ordered to go with it. Nothing like a little sugar buzz and Frangelico to right all the wrongs of a bad date. You won't have to worry about any more of those, 
I add, watching her eyes narrow, as I reach up and run the pad of my thumb over her bottom lip, pulling it down as I go, pausing to meet her eyes for a beat longer than necessary, then withdraw my hand and bring my thumb to my mouth. I hold her eyes as I suck it between my lips. I've tasted the panna cotta here many times before, I tell her. It never tasted this good. She considers that for a moment, sitting up in her seat and adjusting her dress. Her eyes keep wandering to my mouth, my chest, and the spot on the table right above where my cock is trying its damnedest to get to her. Do you actually say things like that to women? Because, man, that other lady sure beat it out of here in a hurry. So, no offense, but you are already suspect. She shakes her head, the little loops of her hair pinned in place, bobbing a little as she does. She slips the spoon covered in the last bits of the dessert down onto her tongue, her lips closing around it, then pulls it out so slowly I nearly jizz in my fucking boxers. You, sir, are suspect. She points the spoon at me, but all it does is draw my eyes to her chest. Tits with hard little nubs strain against the red satin, and they are a perfect handful size. My dick is already throbbing and pre-cum oozing as I think about that candy coating I know is hot and slick between her thick thighs. I don't bother telling her I've never said anything like that to a woman before in my life. I let her have her little sassy moment. I'll give her the power. This once. It only makes me want her more, and the last half hour watching her eat the dessert only solidified her fate, even if she has no idea. The way she took each bite like it was life-changing was better than any porn ever made. Matter of fact, I've never found porn enticing, but I've found my own personal porn hub, and her name is... Fuck. I don't even know her name. Well, she does this little lip-popping thing she's done a couple times already, so fucking cute, and the lines in her forehead furrow. Her happy focus is gone, and I hate it. She's distressed or afraid, and I'm not having it. What's wrong? I demand. Like it's a cross-examination, my need to know her name forgotten for the moment. Nothing. She shakes her head, eyes down, as she tries to put on a smile. I can already tell her real smile from her bullshit one, and this one is full of it. Don't lie to me. Ever. I enunciate each word like a mafia don, letting his minions know one step out of line, and they're sleeping with the fucking fishes. I'm not sure it's the right move, because I see a flash of fear pass over her face. I have to fucking remind myself that to her, I'm a stranger even though in my mind I'm already designing her ten-year anniversary ring and a trip to Cyprus for a month-long stay at our second home. Come on now, I say, trying on some gentleness. I retrieve her hand again and her eyes come back up. Fuck, I could fall into them right now and never escape. What's wrong? I just... She scans the room. I need the manager. Why is something wrong? Do you feel sick? 
panic needles up the back of my neck. The thought that she's sick ignites a fear inside me I can't ever remember having before. She wiggles in her seat, and I recall what she said at the bar. There's a shift in her demeanor, a little twitch above her left eyebrow. No, I feel fine. Cool relief washes through me as she continues. It's just, that was like, he was supposed to pay, and I, I need to get the manager to let me go to my car and see if my wallet. So now we're full circle. You think I'd offer to pay for your drink and not? Your dinner? I growl as she falls silent, staring at me like she's considering making a run for it. Give it a try, little one. I love a good chase. She never has to worry about paying for another thing, not here or anywhere else in her life. Come with me. I push up from my chair and reach for her other hand before she can protest. Oh, no, you don't. I'm not going to dine and dash with you, mister. I have to pay the bill. He ordered surf and fucking turf. She tugs one hand away, poking two fingers at her eyes, then swinging them back toward me. See? I knew you were suspect. Her darting eyes and teeth in her lip tell me if I'm going to push it, she'd go full on with me and head for the door, ride or die all the way. Come on. I pick up her bag off the back of the chair and secure it over my shoulder. I know she won't go anywhere without her purse, so it's insurance, in case she thinks she's getting away from me. Wait. She pulls away a few steps from the table, drawing more glances from the patrons who are clearly waiting for Act Two to start. She licks her lips, giving me a hard stare, then nods toward her purse over my shoulder. Blue is your color. Brings out the psychopath in your eyes. She's chaos and perfection, and I can't wait to unravel all those messy layers. You done? Not even close. Fuck. A thousand burning questions spiral around inside me. Things I want to know, need to know, but all that will have to wait, because right now, I just need to get her out of this room and somehow secure her into my life without scaring the ever-loving shit out of her. My sister owns the restaurant. Now, come on, stop being a pain in the ass. I see a cocktail of disbelief and desire mixing behind those wide silver jade eyes that have me mesmerized and pussy-whipped before I even get to taste her. Me? I'm the pain in the ass? Bossy guys like you are usually compensating for something. You know. Her sassy spark turns into wide-eyed wonder, as her eyes dart down to my tented pants. She falls silent, her mouth dropping open, and I grab her arm and lead her the rest of the way through the restaurant as an orchestral version of Madonna's Like a Virgin plays on the speakers above. I bet she is, and I'm going to find out soon enough. Five. Natalie. He drags me down a back hallway to an open door leading into the kitchen. The place is roasting hot and filled with steam and the sounds of sizzling pans, bustling movement and a ferocious-looking small woman checking plates and shouting orders at the staff. She flicks her eyes toward us as we pass and there's a moment of disbelief in her gaze before she nods at the guy I'm toddling behind. Before I can even ask his name or where we are going, he's barreling through a door, 
slamming it behind us and flicking on the lights. Jesus, I manage, more out of breath than if I'd just been chased by a serial killer. You're bossy and handsy, my sister's office. He turns, spinning me toward him and his blue eyes bore right into the center of my being. He backs me up against the desk and I feel the wooden edge bite into my butt. She owns the restaurant, but I pay the rent. We're partners. God, those eyes. Not just blue. Topaz or turquoise. Sort of otherworldly, surrounded by dark lashes and lust. Something is about to change. I can feel it rippling in the air, shivering inside me. This stranger somehow is shifting the plates of my life under my feet. The longer he looks at me, the more my emotions unravel. I'm raw and exposed under the overhead lights, but it's not just my physical being that feels under scrutiny. It's my heart, my soul. There must have been some magical mushrooms in that panna cotta because if I didn't know better, I'd swear I was falling in love with this guy. His jaw is set, his pupils constrict. Such purpose, such power. Something about him makes me feel safe and wildly unsure at the same time. Your sister, huh? I scan the walls and the desk as he raises his arms and points. There we are. That's me, my sister, brother, mom, and grandmother. No father. He was useless. I squint, but he's right. It's him. My lips fall open as his eyes drag up and down my body. I'm ready for my dessert. He whispers and the room feels like it's spinning. I would have shared my panna cotta, I mutter, but I already know that's not what he means. You're going to share something way better than that with me. His smile is tense, but his eyes are blazing, and there's this glow around him that warms me like a security blanket. Something about him makes me want to please him, do things I've never done before. Electric shocks and what feels like Morse code tapping out SOS ignite between my legs. He could have any woman he wants. I wonder if this restaurant is just his playground. Finding women in distress, swooping in, then... I don't want to think about that. I want to ride this dark wave of pheromones and inhibition right into the fucking wall right now. His hands circle my waist as he presses against me. The hardness that's shown clearly in his pants feels even bigger now, and my breath stutters in my throat. You're a goddess, he seethes, his lips warm on the shell of my ear. I bet you're a naughty goddess, for me, that is. I'm, I'm not, the power of logical thought impossible right now. He kisses me, and the entire world seems to explode around us. If he wasn't holding me, I'm sure I'd melt into the floor. His tongue presses through my lips, warm and greedy as he slips a hand down and takes an entitled grip on my ass. My nipples harden in response. His kiss is just like him, bossy and demanding, and apparently my pussy likes that sort of thing because the pressure building downtown is about to combust and blow us both through the ceiling. Fuck wanted to taste you since I saw you sitting in the bar. The first second, the first breath, I was drooling for you. He runs a hand up and down my back while keeping one secured on my right ass cheek. Drooling, 
I banter. Sexy? Yeah, it is fucking sexy. But your pussy is drooling right now too, isn't it? I pause for a split second, considering what the hell am I doing here in the first place? Kissing this mountain of a man who is commenting on my drooling pussy, and I have no idea who he is. Remember, don't lie to me, ever. That bossy tone is back, and a part of me wants to dig in, cross my arms and tell him off. But my body betrays me with swirling heat and pelvic muscles wanting more of whatever he's serving. He grinds the granite hard length of his erection into my hip in response to my silence as his one hand slips up and holds me by the throat. Gentle and dangerous at the same time, and it's a heady concoction more intoxicating than any drink I've ever had. I bite back a moan as our mouths meet again. His fingers dig into my ass and my throat as our tongues wrap and explore. My moans seem to draw out his own throaty growls that vibrate through me and I can't help my whimper that seeps into our kiss. He breaks away, leaving me panting as his lips meet my ear. The hand that was on my ass is tugging the hem of my dress upward as his fingers light up the skin on my inner thigh before they brush against the slip of fabric between my legs. You're in heat. He breathes against my ear. Say you're in heat for me. That's what I need to hear, then I'll give you what you need. What? I, I stutter, unsure and yet so sure that this stranger knows exactly what I need. You're soaked, dripping through your panties, and I know that fuck you were with before isn't the reason. His fingers slip between the elastic and my leg and I shudder, clinging to his lapels like a life ring in a tsunami. I arch into him as he explores the tip of a finger at my opening, my mouth wide. Pretty little untouched peach you have saved for me, he seethed. Trust me when I tell you, this cherry is going to be popped by me. Sweet drooling little cunt needs what only I can give it. His tongue laps around the edge of my ear as his fingers work my clit. My cock is going to stretch this little virgin pussy to fit me, only me. You get that? His skilled fingers push me over the edge. I'm off and bucking against his hand as he says things about my cunt and my juices and his tongue. And I can't put the words together, but there's no doubt he's claiming me in some way. His mouth covers mine as I let out a high-pitched scream of pleasure, containing my sounds that surely can be heard outside the door. I'm lost in the vortex, Long and hard, the waves of bliss move through me until I melt into his arms, and I look up to see the slightest smile curving those sexy lips. God, is all I can manage as he tugs my dress up around my hips, and with the swiftness and grace of a gazelle, he's got my panties off and my butt up on the desk behind me. Time for my dessert. He runs his hands down the front of my dress, gripping my tits as he starts to push me back. I'm ready for my five-star meal. I open my mouth to say something. Protest? Cheer him on? I'm not sure, but before I can do either, there's a click from the door and it swings open. Who was that girl? The little dark-haired woman from the kitchen blows through the door, then freezes in place as she sees me. Holy shit. Dude, on my desk? What the fuck? 
Never on my goddamn desk, man. Her surprise turns to irritation, and reality comes crashing down. I'm sorry, I mutter, launching off the desk, tugging at my dress, grabbing my panties from his hand. Just a second. He says as I try to locate my purse. This is my sister. She should learn to knock. It's my fucking office, she barks back. She's angry but laughing at the same time, but all I want to do is disappear. I bolt to my right, grab the handle of my bag and head toward the door as he reaches out, but misses grabbing my upper arm. I'm out the door, breaking into a run when Magic Fingers comes out behind me. Stop, right now. Shit. I stumble right into a huge yellow mop bucket, the slick, soapy water sloshing onto the linoleum floor. My shoes are like ice skates, but I miss most of the mess and hop ahead of it. Stop right now. His voice bounces along the hall as I turn at the end and see the light of the front door. I toss one quick look back over my shoulder to see him hit the sloppy mess on the floor. His feet slide. His arms dart out trying to right himself. Hands on the walls, but it's no use. The last thing I see is him tumbling, ass over tea kettle, swearing and telling me to stop. Welcome back. Hey, hey, hey. So that's the first installment. We're going to play the second half on Thursday's episode. For then, make sure you check out all the good stuff we talked about before and enter this week's giveaway for a chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card. So everything will be in the show notes. That's all it. Let's do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read 